Hey everyone, we're going to carry on looking at our One Another series. Um, this morning we're going to start off in Colossians chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles, um, let's have a look. This is verses 9 and 10. So it says this, do not lie to one another. That's the word, the Greek word we're looking at. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So the message is pretty simple. Like, like most of the one another's on one level, it's pretty straightforward, pretty black and white. Do not lie to each other. Right now, Colossians three—the general theme of it as a chapter, um, the chapter heading, which wasn't obviously in the original letters—but the chapter heading of Colossians chapter three is living as those made alive in Christ. And Paul goes after various things in essentially um, coming to this this theme, this um, this phrase that we come to in verses nine and ten, where it talks about putting off the old self and putting on the new. Um, and it's worth noticing in the in the original Greek, if you look at the tense that's used, where he says you have taken off your old self, have put on the new self. Those two phrases are past tense. So, so Paul's understanding and our understanding is, you know, that is, that is something that has happened, right? The old has gone, the new has come. We have been crucified with Christ. We are now new creations. Like that is past tense, okay? So have taken off the old self, have put on the new self. That is past tense. That is done, right? It's a done deal. Um, and it, but it's interesting to notice that this new self, which we have put on, so it is a, it's a past tense that he's talking about, the new self which we have put on, he says, is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Now, now that word there, being renewed, the tense that is used there is present continuous, which essentially means this is carrying on, right? So the putting off the old, putting on the new has happened. The being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator, becoming more like Jesus. That is an ongoing process. And I know we know that. And I know we talk about that a lot, that process, that journey. Um, but essentially what, what Paul is going after here is, is that, listen, there is, a, there is a transition that has happened. There is a transformation from, from death to light. Old self is gone, the new has come. But that there is an outworking of that new life, which um, is ongoing, which is process, um, now, there's, we're going to have a look at um, a very similar passages in Ephesians chapter four. And if you read Colossians three, Ephesians four, there's, there's loads of overlap. It's almost like Paul was like the same thing. The, the two churches needed to hear the very same thing. Um, so let's have a look in Ephesians four um, from verses 22 through to 24. Um, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Right? So we see the same thing. Put off the old, put on the new. And then he carries on. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of the one body. Right. So anytime we're reading in the Bible, we, we kind of hit, we come across a therefore. It's always like we'll look back. So it, the therefore here is pointing to the verses before, which is, listen, this putting off the old, putting off the new. That has happened. There's this new life. You've been created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, because of that, essentially, that's what Paul's saying. Because of that, now this, because of this transformation, now put off falsehood, start speaking truthfully. 
Okay, that's the dynamic. Because of that, now this. And the this is, is how we speak. And it's, it's just, he's going after again and again that there, is, there has to be a new way of living that accompanies this new status that we now have as believers. There has to be very visible, practical, audible, tangible, relational effects of um, this new life in Jesus that we've entered into. So, and, and it, that, it's, it's that new life that needs to be outworked that we have to intentionally um, and actively engage with. There's no ifs, there's no buts, there's no baby, maybes. That's for all of us right now. That's why he says, therefore, each of you, every single one of you has to put off falsehood and speak truthfully. And so that's the specific out, if you like, that we're going to look at this morning of this, this new life that has to be worked out. The specific and where that is, is we're going to be pointing firing is, is how we speak is, is getting rid of falsehood, stop lying and start speaking truthfully. Um, so essentially they are two sides, I guess, of the same coin. Um, so it's essentially stop doing the one, stop lying, stop with the falsehoods, but then actively start speaking tr truth. Um, and then they're not, they're obviously connected, but they're not the same thing, right? It's very possible, isn't it, for me not to be lying, but equally I, I can not lie, but that doesn't necessarily mean I am speaking truthfully. Like we can find ourselves in the middle of that. And, and the instruction is really clear. We need to do both of those things. Um, stop the one and ensure you carry on with the other. So why? Why would we do that? And again, with all of these one another, the simple answer is because the Bible really clearly commands us to. So to a certain extent, with all of these, it's we just need to get on with it. We just need to make that decision. And it's linked to, you know, how we set it up. It's linked to this putting off the old, putting on the new. That has to look like something. That stuff, you know, those things, you know, falsehood and not speaking truth, that stuff, it's like Paul saying, that doesn't suit you anymore. That is part of the old self. It's not a good fit for you anymore. But also... It's really interesting to me. If we look in the um, look in that Ephesians verse at verse 25, let me read it to you again. It says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. That's the instruction. Um, but the reason is really interesting. So he carries on, says, for we are all members of one body. It's, I think it's fascinating that Paul specifically references here with this instruction. So put off falsehood, start speaking truth. The reason, he says, is because we're members of, of one body. He really stresses the body with this instruction, which is really interesting. So um, the community of Christians, he's saying, actually, specifically how we speak really makes makes a difference. And he, he carries on this kind of, this emphasis on the body. And in Romans 12, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but he talks there about us being one body, many gifts, different parts, um, but one body. So he says in Romans 12, verse five, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and listen to this, each member belongs to all the others. So if you kind of put these things together, it, you know, he's saying, okay, so in Ephesians 4, he's saying, listen, don't lie, speak the truth because we're members of one body. And then he expands that in Romans 12 by saying, and listen, being members of the body means we actually belong to one another, which is quite a big statement. That's quite a, that's a quite a, it has really big implications. Not only are we part of the body together, but we actually belong to one another. We have not only connection, but also we have responsibility and an impact on one another. So what I do affects you, what you do affects me. And if you think about it, you know, the goal in Christian community, simple terms, we could talk all morning on this, but in simple terms, I would say that the goal of Christian community is that I am as an individual, you are as an individual, you are built up, 
unto all the fullness of Jesus. So Paul talks about that in Ephesians 4. That's why the gifts were given, right? So it's one of the goals is that individuals are built up. Um, and that's an ongoing process until we reach maturity, which is the fullness of Jesus. The second thing is that we're built together. Ephesians 2, it says, listen, you're not foreigners and strangers. You are being built together to form a dwelling place where God lives by his spirit. So I'm built up as an individual, but I'm built together with you. We're built together with one another to be a place where God dwells. And, and the purpose is that is that we would have an impact that we would we would have something radically different to say to the world around us. Um, and I think the reason the reason why I think Paul specifically mentions that the fact that we're one body when he's instructing the church to not lie and to speak the truth is because of this. Listen, lies and falsehood erodes trust, right? It, it undermines that process of me being built up and me being built together. It really does. Honesty, speaking the truth in love, which let's be really clear, is not the same as you. This is not an instruction for you to just vent your opinion. That's not what it is. But, but speaking honestly, speaking the truth in love, um, actually that builds up, that builds together. That adds to those processes of the Christian community, whereas lying and deceit and dishonesty tears those things down. That's why Paul specifically puts those two things together. Does that make sense, right? So stopping lying, starting speaking truth matters because the body matters and because lying you know, massively tears down that process of being built up and being built together, whereas honesty, speaking the truth of love, adds to that process. So let's think really practically. Talk about, let's talk about the falsehoods. That's the stuff that we've got to put away, that they'll stop lying um, and, and start telling the truth. What are some of the things that maybe we, we might tell, we might be dishonest about, we might not be fully truthful about? Um, I, I guess simply it would kind of fall into various categories. It may be what, stuff that we've done. Um, it may be what we need. Maybe it's how we're feeling. Maybe it's an area that we're struggling in. Maybe it's something where someone has hurt us and we're not, we're not honest about that. We're not able to be truthful about it. Um, the re, you know, there's, and there's a multitude of other things, but they, you know, I would think most things fall into those categories. But for me, the really important thing is why? Like, what is the sort of the motivation? What is the, the, the engine behind? Why do we do that? Like the Bible really clearly says, don't lie and be honest. So why do we? I think usually the motivation is to make ourselves feel a bit better about ourselves. Um, maybe it's to avoid conflict or hard conversations. So it's easier, which is we talked about in the sort of forgiving one another. It's easy to say, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Rather than engage in some robust conversation, which is like, actually, the honest truth is I was hurt when you said that. So maybe it's to avoid conflict and hard conversations. Maybe it's to avoid having to admit to failing, weakness, sin. It's like, we just, we just don't want to go there. Um, so often it's because we don't want to look foolish. We want to um, preserve our reputation. We want to preserve people's good opinion of us, which is all pride. Um, or that we feel really ashamed about something we've done. And, you know, shame is, is just not for us as God's kids, right? Shame is that I've, I'm, I have to hide what I've done or what's happened because, you know, if, I, if people only knew and we so, feel so ashamed about things that we just, I can't be honest about those things. So I have to lie and have falsehoods and, and cover up because I feel ashamed about that. Now, listen, all of those whys are massively understandable, right? They're, they're totally understandable, but not any one of them makes it acceptable to lie. The instruction is really clear. We have to put away falsehood. We have to start speaking truthfully. So while those, those reasons are understandable, we can't use them as excuses to justify 
being dishonest, right? Absolutely. There are reasons why it might be a struggle, might, might be a temptation, but we can't use those as excuses to justify. Um, and I think in this, you know, you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm an honest person, you know, and we think about kind of, you know, lying in terms of, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not hiding up a huge gambling habit. I'm not kind of fabricating some, you know, false life that's going on. I'm, you know, I'm not lying about where I was or like, I'm not, not doing the big lying. Um, and think, you know, we can sort of think, well, I'm not doing any of those things. So really this isn't probably this instruction is not super relevant to me right now. Um, and we can miss the fact that actually it's very easy for us to be, to be tolerating little things, which are just, just essentially, that means we're not, we're not really living in truth, we're not really speaking truth, and we are being, you know, a little bit deceitful and a little bit dishonest. And, and I, I want to encourage us for a moment just to to really go after the little things. There's this fascinating verse in um, Song of Songs, um, chapter two, verse fifteen. Where so this is, you know, it's a it's a love song between a man and a woman, and and it's, there's this verse. It says, "Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes." that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. So essentially it's like, listen, uh, there's, there's life and there's flourishing and there's fruitfulness in these vineyards. And the instruction is actually the little foxes are going to ruin that. Um, and I think you can take that as a kind of an analogy to actually what are the little things that if we don't address them, if we don't go after them and deal with them, are going to ruin the vineyard. And listen, you could apply this to, to any of us or any sort of sin or struggle or failing. But it's like this. The principle is this. Go after it in the small before it is able to destroy vineyards, before it's actually able to impact life and flourishing. Um, so in this context dealing with falsehood, being honest, speaking truth, I think the little foxes probably look like slight exaggerations and, and, and so maybe mild omissions, right? So, you know, in order, I'll, I'll leave some stuff out or I'll, I'll slightly exaggerate that. I'll slightly inflate what that happens. So, um, so I look a bit better, you know, so you're a bit more impressed with me or, or I'll, I'll maybe leave some stuff out because that will make me look foolish or it might make you feel uncomfortable. And, and so we, we slightly sort of trim the edges, if you like, right? We exaggerate a little bit, we omit things a little bit. So we, we add a bit, we leave a bit out. And, and you can say, oh, it's not that big a deal, but it's still not, it's still falsehood and it's still not speaking truth. Um, so we need to go after those things. And the reason, again, we do it because, well, it puts me in a good light. Um, you know, it confirms the narrative that I, I believe and that I want you to know. And that's the reason why we do it. But I think we need to be radical in going after those things because it's so easy for those little things for there to be it's like there can be a slow drift um, into tolerating and, and allowing just, you know, a little bit of dishonesty, you know, and a little bit of, you know, lacking of the truth. And, and it's so easy for that stuff to grow. You know, think of you know, any sort of well-known person or, you know, you know, significant influential Christians even who have like a, ma you know, the major moral failing almost every single time. Those things don't happen overnight. It's not a sudden out of left field, suddenly I make a decision that blows up my life. Almost every time it's because they didn't go after the little foxes. And, and, the, and the thing is the vineyard then ends up ruined. You know, marriage falls apart, ministry falls to pieces, you know, church family is decimated because we didn't go after the little foxes. It almost always, it, it doesn't start as this, one, you know, out of the blue, major fall, major crisis. It's like there's mission creep from the place where maybe they've not felt willing or able to bring an area of temptation, of struggle, of weakness, of frailty, just not able to bring that into the light. 
which is what speaking truth is. So, that, you know, they cover up and they kind of minimize and they leave stuff out and, and it just gets to grow and bear awful fruit and has horrible consequences. So it takes real courage and it takes real humility um, to be honest, actually to commit saying, I'm not going to lie um, to protect myself. I'm not going to cover up stuff in order to preserve my reputation or good impression, right? I'm going to be authentic and vulnerable. And in the short term, that's really hard. But in the long term, leaving it is way, way worse. The consequences of not dealing with the little foxes and just getting into the habit of lying a little bit here, leaving a little bit of something out, not quite telling the truth is devastating, particularly in those relationships of those closest to us because it destroys trust and relationships are built on trust. That's why this one is so, so important. So go after the little foxes. Let's be a people who are like, we're not willing to tolerate even slight exaggerations or little omissions. We're going to be honest. Now, last thing I want to say is in any sort of area of discipleship, you know, a change in doing um, usually comes out of a change in thinking. And, and this point is made really clear in that Ephesians passage. If we jump back again, it talks about, again, in this process of putting off, you have put off the old self, you've put on the new self. It's really interesting. In the Romans passage, Paul says in this, he says, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. So that's, it's fascinating to me, like right in the middle, sandwiched between the putting off the old, putting on the new is this being renewed in your mind, right? Changing your attitude, changing the way you think. And Romans 12 tells us that actually, you know, be the way that we're transformed, the way that we are changed is through the transformation of our thinking. Um, so, and I, so with any area of Christian living, particularly the things where like, gosh, do you know what? This is actually a genuine, this is a struggle for me. This is a temptation that I keep coming back around to. It's something that I have to, I feel like I'm having to work really hard with. It's well worth thinking, is there an area of my thinking, the way I think about myself, other people, relationships, money, status, is there an area of my thinking that is a little bit faulty? And, and, there, and if I can adjust that, then actually fulfilling the commandment to, speak truthfully, to put off falsehood becomes easier. Now, I want to be really careful. I am not saying um, that, again, we can use that. Well, there's some stuff I've got to work out and I've got, you know, some unhealthy thinking and I maybe need to go on a process of healing and ministry. Listen, all of those things are valid and all of those things I want us to commit to as a normal. Um, but I, I, we have to hold in the other hand, there is a very clear scriptural call and, and biblical commands that we need to fulfill. So on the one hand, the, we just need to be obedient. We just need to stop certain things. We just need to start certain things. But where there's an area where it's like, oh, it feels like a challenge. It's always worth thinking, is there something in my mind? Is there a way, something I believe, a way that I'm thinking that actually is, is kind of part of why this is? So, because if we can identify that faulty mindset, you know, that kind of belief system that's, that actually isn't what God says and isn't how God would do it. Um, and actually that that then might mean that is part of why maybe I am dishonest in the little things or the big things, right? So maybe, you know, if my thinking is that my reputation, my status, my significance is dependent on how successful I am, you know, what my, you know, how my finances are, you know, how I present myself to the world then is potentially going to be dishonest. I'm going to exaggerate stuff. I'm going to leave stuff out, right? If I'm going to lie to protect, to 
inflate and preserve those things if I think my significance, my value is related to my success, for example, right? So that's one way that maybe our, our faulty thinking actually can cause us just to be repetitively not fulfilling this command, to be honest. You know, maybe if, if my thinking is, is just slightly skewed and I think, you know, I'm, I'm loved and I'm accepted because I can get stuff right, because I can cope, because I can do the right thing and I can carry a load of weight, then actually I'm going to be increasingly tempted to not be honest about saying I'm struggling. Actually, I, I made a mistake. Actually, I fell. Actually, I sinned. I got some stuff wrong. If my thinking is that those things make me unlovable, people, you know, people won't accept me, then it's going it, to, can you see that? That raises the bar on actually how hard I would find it to be honest about where I'm struggling. So here's the thing. It's, I, I want us to hold those two things. Changing in doing so often, a change outwardly is because of a change inwardly, right? So it's a renewing of our mind. It's a healing of our hearts and it's an increasing filling of the Holy Spirit. And that is for all of us to commit to all the time. But on the other hand, we do need to take seriously um, on one level, the simplicity of obeying what the Bible says. And listen, the simple things aren't always the easy things. Um, but on one level, it is simple. Like Paul is saying, stop lying, put away falsehood, speak truthfully. It's really, really simply. And let's, so let's be, let's be radical at committing to going after those things. And maybe for some of you, there's, there's some big stuff that you've kept hidden and, and you need to deal with that. Listen, this ties in with our, you know, we looked at a few weeks ago, actually the call to confess your sins to one another. Actually, God will... God promises, he absolutely promises that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. Not only will he forgive our sins, but he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we're keeping those hidden, if we're keeping those things covered, then he can't do those things. He wants to heal and release and free and cleanse us, but we have to be willing to uncover those things. So we have to be honest. Um, but maybe for some, some of you, it's more the, it's the little foxes. You know, it's the slight omission. It's how you present yourself online. It's what you say. And it, it, it actually, it's like, do you know what? Let's be radically honest. Let's have real integrity when we, so that people have confidence in us. But actually, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do that. If, if I say it, then I mean it. And I'm going to come good. I'm going to come through. Actually, it's about having integrity. It's about being radically honest and, and really going after the little foxes because we don't want those vineyards to be ruined. So let's take a moment um, and let's pray for us uh, and pray for one another. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us in this journey. Father, I ask that you would help us to be a people who are honest in what we say, in what we do, in how we spend our time, in how we spend our money. God, I ask that, um, yeah, we would be honest. So would you, in your kindness, Holy Spirit, come and show us areas um, where we're maybe not on, fully honest, where we maybe are dishonest, where we're exaggerating or omiss, omitting things. Show us, God, um, where we are not being honest. Help us to be a people who speak the truth in love. And we, yeah, and, and Father, I pray that... Um, yeah, just help each one of us to do that and help us to help one another. Father, we will be people who are committed to one another, committed to connection with you, committed to connection with one another. And, and so where there's been dishonesty, where that has eroded trust, where that's been a painful thing for people, I play, even this morning, people who feel actually I have been lied to and that has been painful. God, would you just come and minister your hope? Would you come and, um, yeah, just infuse people with that ability to trust again? But Father, we say as for us and this house, we want to be a people who are honest. And we want to take seriously your command to put away falsehood and to speak truth. And we ask that you'd help us in that process. In Jesus' name, amen.
Listen, as always, in a few moments, um, our prayer team are going to be ready. Um, you can jump on the, the Zoom call and one of our guys would love to pray with you about anything we've looked at this morning, um, but about anything else that's going on in life right now. They would love to pray with you, listen to the Lord for you, encourage you, cheer you on. Um, so please, if you've never done that um, or if you've done that every week, it is an absolutely open invitation. They would love to pray with you. And a reminder, hopefully you jumped on the lounge with us this morning, half an hour before the stream, 10.30 to 11. Um, we know it's not the same as a coffee after church, but you know it's it's a space where we can kind of say hi, check in, find out how people's weeks are, just get a little bit more connected with people. So again, particularly if you are new to us as a church community, please and um, do jump on that. We we would love to meet you. And um, I know digitally, virtually is not the same, um, but it is what we've got right now, and we want to make the best use of that. So those are the things that um, the spaces that we are creating. I'd really encourage you to connect with them, but don't forget as well. Um, Keep leaning in for connection um, in, the, in the unformed. Like who are the people that maybe just like, oh, they just kind of dropped into my head this morning. Pick up the phone, drop them the text, ask how people are, lean in. Like actually who are the people God wants you to encourage, keep connected to, um, maybe go for a walk with. That's pretty much our only option right now, but I just want to encourage you. Use those spaces we've got. Come and jump on the lounge with us. Come and get one of the guys to pray for you right now, but be thinking through the week. Just be listening to Holy Spirit and being really responsive um, to who you can keep connected with in these funny times. But God bless you and um, have an amazing week.